Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Anime Tour Bus. It's me, your beloved Eric, and who's that sitting right next to me? Well, that's you, listener. Well, we're going on an anime trip through a, a magic tour bus that'll take us through the mystical, metoprolol, metaphorical bus tour. And, uh, well, this is actually our second go-around, um, because we, we had a... A uh, pretty rough episode where I sounded like a Cthulhu monster. But since then, a lot of things have occurred. Uh, a man came by and fixed my internet. I realized that I left a thing unplugged, which had nothing to do with the internet. So it was kind of a twofold problem. Uh, we established everything we recorded before was garbage. And since then, I've made a new invention and I call it Comfy Shorts. It's where I've taken comfy pants, like the homewear pants, and I rolled them up to where they're very high up on my thighs, and they keep me cool and comfortable at the same time. Uh, Mesker, what kind of inventions have you come up with in this, the year of our Lord? Uh, coconut curry ramen for dinner. And so now we're going to talk about Miss Nagator. <laughs> 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 that sounded bad, Metzger. That didn't sound good. And I got nothing besides just shitting on it. So, and mom always told me we don't go to the hospital on federal holidays. I know a lot of people <laughs> are like, well, she told you don't say something bad if you don't got. It. Nope. It's just we don't go to the ER on bank holidays. Um, that was the only rule she had in the house. Um, so we would have to bleed out until midnight. Um, so what I'm trying to say is let's go ahead and talk about Miss Nagatora. Now, this was a three part episode. Um, do we just want to go over like everything that happened in each of the parts? It's going to do a quick synop. Yeah. Um, here, let me, let me get my, uh, good old Eric spin stab at it. You ready? And it, can it be 120 characters or less? Uh, I think it's 140 on Twitter. I think it's 140. Okay, we'll we'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So our main boy, uh, he wants to go to the fair, and he he ends up going to the fair with Nagatoro. They also go see the fireworks together and share a romantic moment. And last but not least, there was that third part. Okay, that's not bad. My version, my version is Senpai develops FOMO for the summer festival and instead gets dog collared. Senpai and Nagatoro want to take advantage of a scenic fireworks spot but end up at a makeout point. And Senpai saves Nagatoro from some douchey high school boys by almost growing a pair. So um, Metzger's was, we'll say, objectively better, but mine had like a creative twist to it. So I think mine would end up in the honorable mentions while Metzger would get first place. Um, so what, what I'm trying to say is let's go ahead and talk about uh, dog collaring and BDSM. So we finally did it. Uh, I've done nothing. <laughs> I've, I've done nothing, but I... I wouldn't say that I bitched about this anime. Would you say you that I bitched? No, you straight, you did, it's not that you bitched, you shit on it. You just were like, mm, this is where my poop goes, and it was on to this anime. I No, I, I didn't do that either. I just said, I just politely, I was offered a serving, and I just said, no, thank you, I'm super full. 
I'm not saying you didn't wash your hands after. I'm just saying that, like, in the said, interim. No, it, it looks delicious, but I don't want any. You can keep it. That's all yours. We can't mix the poop and food analogies, Metzger. Now I'm confused. I mean, it still falls under the realm of kink. So what was it about this episode that made you, like, okay, this is good now? I think that the characters dynamics finally changed to where senpai has is starting to get more he's still exactly what nagatora wants of him he's still the stuttering terrible mess of a human being but he's finally starting to develop a personality and i guess that's finally pushed him him and Nagatoro to seem a little bit more three-dimensional to me. And I'm able to empathize with them. I like that he's growing a pair. I like that he's stepping up and showing more of like, this is what I want. Because previously it seemed like we just knew some two one-dimensional aspects of him. And like, this it was... a caricature. Yeah, he, he was a caricature of what we imagine nerdy you know creep boy who doesn't want to interact with anyone does uh and and nagatoro seemed to just be pushing up against that whereas now he's developing dimension and desire and and all those things that go with actually having like a, a character's motivations in the world expressed and then he's promptly collared is a thing he's collared and nagatoro has to win his Freedom's kind of a loose word for what was earned in this. This was also the first time that I kind of liked Yoshi. I love Yoshi. I, I've i started to really enjoy her. She's just like a single-minded, all right, kind of down character. And I'm very into that. Yeah, so you were saying that she's kind of a yes and? I was literally about to say that she embodies the idea of yes and. Okay, I'm glad we could. I'm glad we could come together on this, because it was just two weeks ago, was it? You were shouting, "How dare I!" Yeah, it's all about the yes and, Metzger. It's all about just take what they say, add on to it, whatever they have, flip it, put an egg on it. Let's go. So <laughs> let's talk more about uh so he ends up collared uh he goes to the festival these two girls uh nagatoro's friends are there they collar him they send a selfie to nagatoro who's just finishing up her swim practice and then she sees it and they're like wonder if she'll come and then she like sprints like a, a cartoon character arrives is breathless and she's like oh i would i just got bored and shut up and also very clearly wants the collar wants him wants the collar wants the whole situation to herself gimme gimme is mine <laughs> so then they decide it is fun so then they decide let's have like a little competition for it let's do it and it's nagatoro and our creep boy versus the two evil friends and they have a fun little time at the fair together and through twists and turns and, and exchanges, eventually she reacquires the, the collar. And fireworks? Now we go to fireworks. Everyone's in line for some fireworks. And he's like, 
hey, I came here as a kid, and then grabs her out of line, pulls her up the slope into a dark, creepy, spooky forest, and she's like, tee-hee-hee, this would be great, creeper bringing me into a forest, you creeper creep, and all that. And he's so focused on where he's going that he's like, it's just up here ahead, it's just up here ahead. And eventually they find this very nice outlook overlooking the ocean and the fireworks, and it's pretty romantic. Senpai grows a pair a little bit. Like it's kind of like the Grinch. His his balls grew three sizes that day. Yeah, and he's like, "What especially about me is creepy?" Is that the the? He said she, she accused him of being sleazy. She's like, "Oh, sleazy. senpai! Oh, senpai! You drug me up here so you could be sleazy. Oh, senpai! You want to do all these terrible sleazy things to me, senpai? Oh my God! You're so awful!" What and he just is sleazy give me an exact definition he poindexter's like pushes his glasses up on his nose and is like what did i want to do tell me now what is it you tell me what did i want to do and she's like uh you know and he's like nope i'm a virgin remember i don't know anything (laughs) i know nothing so which I mean, he he essentially is is decarding her and just being like, "Oh, hey, let's what 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 does that exactly mean? What what do you mean? What do you mean? No, tell me more. Give me the exacts." And uh, I think it was pretty interesting. We see him grow a pair, and then a big old firework goes off, and what do they see? It lights up everywhere around them, where everyone is making out, and then they run away together, real cute. Are not saving any room for Jesus in this in this firework viewing area. So kind of, kind of pumping forward. That's a weird one. Okay. Moving it forward. <laughs> they have it. Say pump it forward after we talk about leaving room for Jesus. I mean, listener, we're always pumping it in the bus. Yeah. We'll just let that one hang Metzger. So, <laughs> Uh, next episode, we find him, um, she's segment, next segment, segment. we find, uh, he's walking home and he's like, ah, you know, this is my normal day. And who does he see? It's Nagatoro. And she's got a bigger friend group now. They've added a, a little blonde girl. And, oh, who's that who walks up? It's two kind of douchey boys. And they're like, hey, let's go hang out. Like we see uh, you, you sitting there. We see you sitting there eating your snacks, having a good time with your friends. We're also your friends. Let's go have fun. It's weird that my arm just finds this nice resting spot on your shoulders and upper back. I like how he promises a good time. He's like, I look, promise. You're gonna have fun. Trust me. And then, like, the other guy's hitting on, and they're like, oh, yeah, let's make it a double day. It'd be fine. It'd be great. And all that. And our boy's like, that's it. This is my moment. I'm going to say something. And then it's probably scared like a small deer as he steps on a small stick. I, that, I don't know if he's necessarily scared in that moment. Stepping on the stick doesn't frighten him. But as he comes back, to reality and loses the adrenaline or like the jealousy that he was experiencing 
then he becomes afraid of what he was about to do. But I don't think the stick actually scared him. I think yeah. it just, he just came to awareness. Let's uh, let, so there's a moment where he's standing there, and she's got a little bit of red cheeks, and he's like, "Let's, let's," and you see the dot, 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 and I'm like, "Will he say it? Will he say it?" And I'm like cheering him on. I'm like breathy, like say it for me. And guess what he does? He says, "Let's go." And then Nagatoro stands up. And she's like, okay, I'll go home with you. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I almost wish that in just like true anime fashion that he would have been like, let's and then pause. And it would have been like, let's what? What have you got to say? And then he just like abruptly turns around and runs off, just scuttles away. There's a type of like behavioral conditioning that Nagatoro is doing that makes me laugh. It's like this, like, oh, anytime he grows a bit of a pair, she's like, reinforce, must, must reinforce. There's in one of my favorite movies called Mr. Nobody, there's this uh, moment where like he's a baby and all that. And like he's like describing his experience in the world. And he goes, when the baby falls down, the mama claps her hands and goes, bravo, and all that. And, like, keep the baby from crying and all that. Well, then, <laughs> the mom eats fucking shit falling down the stairs. And the baby's, like, kind of waddling past. And he claps his hands goes, Baba! <laughs> oh, God. And it was very funny. But it seems like one of these things where she's just conditioning these responses to, to eventually where, where he's emulating more of her ballsiness. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's very good. I find it very healthy, actually. To be dragging out, he she is definitely dragging him away from his introverted nature. Which there's nothing wrong with being an introvert, but it's almost a too much of an extreme. I, again, it's an anime. He he was a caricature. Like we're seeing character growth, we're seeing development. It's cute. It's now cute. I think it's adorable. Look at these two little love birds. So we done. Yeah, I think let's move forward. So let's uh, let's, let's pump on, listener. We're always pumping it in the bus. That's one thing we've always said for the last thirty episodes. Uh, so real quick, hey, listener, if you want to follow us, uh, go ahead and hit us up on anime underscore bus on Twitter and anime tour bus on Instagram. And Oscar, we also got a, uh, a web page and that's me, you and weeboo.com. Me, you and weeboo.wordpress.com. Oh, so, uh, listener, that's, uh, that's that. So let's talk. We, we established last week that we had like a little bit of rough go around with our shamisen boy and them snow white notes, uh, which is not the name. It's those show the snow go. It's our shamisen boy. So we were having a bad time <laughs> and we weren't so enjoying the experience anymore. And that's okay. You can say that art isn't for you. And you can be like, this is for someone else. And, and that's okay. It's not shitting on the art. I, I think that there's this thing that people are now doing of being like, this just isn't for me. Which is, 
almost like a shit, a passive shit on thing. But no, it, a thing can just not be for you. And we'll still check I back was, in. I was like, why did you come for me like that? Like, why did you just attack me? What I would like to do is Buffy the Vampire Slayer this, which is like we have what we have now and then we just watch the end episode and then we kind of uh, figure out how the lines, the, the, the final lines are drawn, um, which I don't think would be too hard. Going back to this is not for me. I have recently, as in like the past couple of years, or, um, have developed enough as a human being. I've matured. To where when someone brings me music and I don't like it, instead of saying, wow, this sucks, I respond with, well, this this does not, the narrative of this does not speak to me. Like, this was not, this is not the journey that I'm seeking in my life. Which is okay. Um, I am a villain and dark and evil and this is too bright of a story for me so that's fine um so instead we go for something a little bit more on my style which is odd taxi uh Metzger, yeah. you mind if i let, let's do our competing synopses of this all right i'm gonna give mine then you'll give yours you ready or do you want to okay. go reverse order this time no no you go ahead all right Metzger's usually gonna fill in the gaps i leave so Imagine that you're a walrus taxi driver in a world full of an animaltopia, Zootopia-esque world, and you are experiencing that world through the conversations that you are having as a taxi driver. Also, you got a little bit of Dame, dame Bramage from all them bad car wrecks, the one real bad car wreck you were in, and you're experiencing things like the the mafia and you know friendships and you know doctors experience and even romance and things through this lens of being a taxi driver with brain damage who's also a walrus Are you done yeah that was actually pretty good i fucking thought all right, so Odakawa is a 41-year-old walrus taxi driver who lives an unconventional life due to a former accident. Everything changes when he is the last person to have contact with a missing high school girl, and his life begins to complicate further as he gets entangled with the mob. So, I mean, mine was basically the same. I just didn't say Odakawa. <laughs> we should start at the beginning. We did binge eight episodes of this. Metzger made me. Um, it was agreed upon. <laughs> no one safed out. Uh, and I feel like the dialogue is what makes this anime. It's a very dry, they're very normal conversations that Otakawa has with his passengers, and I find them amazing. I love how critical he can be of them. And they, each passenger, passenger, is obviously left with some sort of impression of Otakawa. And from the first episode, we see that things are starting to set up, but we don't quite realize how significant each passenger is going to be entwined in the noir aspect of it later on. So I want to talk about the relationships and the motivations of some of these supporting characters 
because Otakawa is obviously our main character, right? He's obviously. Our, yes, he's our lawless walrus. Lives on the edge. Tries to pet a case cat in the intro. He does, and that opens so many, as it tends to do, opens so many questions for me about, like, how do you in this world differentiate between yourself being an anthropomorphic animal that is capable of speech and driving a taxi, and how do you just end up being a regular cat? I've thought about this a lot, and it's the Pluto versus Goofy problem. Like, Goofy is a talking big dog that's bipedal, and and Plato is not those things. I just think if you put a pair of pants on an animal, it suddenly gives them all of those magical abilities. I once Everyone... put a shirt on my dog, and he freaked the fuck out, so it's we like know it's shirts. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Frosty the Snowman situation. Like, you have to... Or a Garden of Eden. You have to clothe their nakedness for them to, because of their shame. Original sin. These animals have committed original sin. I was actually on the side of Lucifer on this one. So here I am still, still, you know, cursing and committing crimes and leading people away and Were it having... Really... Orgies. A Frosty the Snowman situation where like all of these animals have magical pants, and if they ever were to take them off, they would just become regular animals again. Well, so this is where we get into the thing of like, are they actually animals, or is it the case that he has a form of synthesia that's just they these are normal ass people, like live live action, real world people, but because he has this Dane Bramage. It's it's messing up his perception of them to where he sees them as Utopia characters and himself as a big old walrus boy. Why would you ever pick walrus as your animal? I don't know. I've known some people whose spirit animal were walrus. Okay, so we got, you know, magical pants aside. <laughs> I think we should talk more about the relationships and the motivations of these characters. But overall, I kind of want to ask, what general impressions do you have of this series? How has it made you feel? It was very fast paced. And it also like weirdly fast paced, mostly in the conversations that they were having. It was also very like niche in the nature of like understanding the culture and the references that they were making. That was like, oh, hey, this is like very city Japanese culture that is being referenced here, uh, not including the capoeira that was occurring in the episode, which is a Brazilian martial art. Um, but so the, this seems to be a very fast paced and like culturally stimulating thing, like for good discussion. And also I found it a little bit grim and eerie at times. Made you feel grim or eerie. Well, the fact that the boy was being beaten by his dad and became a dark, monstrous husk of the being that he already was just because he played app games too much, which, I mean, to be fair, I've been doing that a little bit sometimes. You see the reflection of your dark passenger? No, it's like a, a caricature of what would happen if I actually started spending money on games and didn't just, like, look away when the ads start. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, it seems like a good pee break. 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's kind of the the impression that I have. So let's start getting into there, there's only a few relevant groups that he has here and they can be like placed into different branches. So we have like his health life, which is like his his doctor that he visits and the nurse and whatnot uh there where he gets his drugs and, and his uh his general therapy for his brain damage and then we also have like those he meets in his professional life those who enter his taxi and who he has only fleeting connections with and lastly we have the mob which has like you know a handful of characters in their own separate branch all working towards different goals working under a single giant boss um trying to get him the most money um so yeah we can start from that uh so his personal life um his his kind of uh professional life and the mob life for the otakawa and let's do let's talk about otakawa and the missing high school girl okay so a girl's missing and they bring it they're they're like oh hey remember that missing girl by the way she's hey it's on the background hey have anybody heard about this missing girl you hear somebody say in the bar what's going on there and then we see him just standing there talking to a closet i think that if i remember correctly and it's a girl he's he said that it's a she i if i remember correctly i think some body once told me the world is gonna roll me i hate you (laughs) i think that the last place she was seen was on some surveillance footage of a convenience store is that what it was and they saw her getting into otakawa's cab so there are some suspicions there are some suspicions being held against him and people are wanting the cops are wanting his dash cam footage to see like where he drops her off at stuff like that yep um he does every time he goes back to his apartment. He side eyes this closet. I guess is what it is. Yeah. I highly doubt it's a spare room. It could be a whole room, but it might just be a closet. And there's some shifting happening in it, and he talks to whatever's in that closet, whatever is going on there. I think it's the high school girl. And she might be dead. I don't think she's dead. Um, and I don't know that it's the high dead. school. Here's the thing. They give it that to us in like the first episode. And I suspect that that's a red herring. Oh, but... man. Wait, hold on. Are we going to pull a uh, Friday the 13th? Where, he, where like uh, Jason has his mom's. Or Friday the 13th. Two. Jason has his mom's head, like, preserved. First of all, yuck. Second of all, uh, no. And I, I, I really don't, don't think, think that think that's a, a... dead mom in the closet? I, do, I don't think that it's anybody's preserved pickled parts in uh, the closet. We got a regular Ed Gein. So I think that that this is a red herring. I don't know what it is, but I don't think that it's I actually think that it's more likely. So we can talk about I think in order to talk about what I think it's likely is that I would say let's start talking about the mob. Um, And to do so, we talk about 
some uh, competition that's occurring. Characters, uh, Dobu, who's a baboon, and Yano, who is a rapping porcupine. And apparently, Yano is technically the underling of Dobu, but there's a real struggle between the two of them in this crime hierarchy. And Yano seems to believe that he's on the top and that he's the best, and this is why Dobu runs, like, bit schemes. But then Dobu also says Yano's running Badger games, and if he were really on the top, he wouldn't have to be doing shit like that. I guess I don't understand mob hierarchy. I almost said mob mentality, but no, I do. I do totally understand. <laughs> I super get it. I'm very easily suggested. <laughs> All right, we're doing that, I guess. Fuck I it. Don't, I don't remember how this brick got in my hand, but it's about to go into someone's face. <laughs> I'm always down to Molotov anything. Um, <laughs> so that's going to be, there's going to be a thing that like, that you just play like the recording and you see like the little, little, uh, sound bars and stuff like that. And it's going to be like me on this podcast and they're just going to play like that. Ha ha ha. I'm always down to Molotov anything. And then they will be like, and that's when we knew the problem started. <laughs> and it's just going to be a series of fires. Um, so so anyway, it's that's a crime documentary that's gonna be about Eric in the future. Um so <laughs> so let's talk about um the the mob and its connections to this pop star group. Um there seems to be like okay, so there is this mystery kiss group, and there's three distinct teen pop girls whatever in this group we have the main girl who seems ruthless and determined and has this like immense sense of aspiration um we have this girl who's supposed to be like the innocent one and and the the kind one and all that she's a calico then we have this darker one who's all about fitness and all about like haha i'm in shape and all that and they're very popular. They're always playing. And apparently their agency is like recruiting and there's some underhanded business and it's going through like this this questionable thing of like with the, their the mob. It's funded and... by the mob or at, at the very least they're having to pay protection money to the mob. Well, but it's no more than that because we see uh, the innocent girl. Uh, she finds this guy on anime Tinder, functionally, <laughs> and uh, and he goes on a date with her, and she's very clearly not interested in him. And he's like taking out loans, and she's very clearly not interested in him, and wanting to marry her. And so they meet up in this very sketchy area. She steps out. And who gets him? Obviously, the agency slash mob people. And now he's tied up. He's got uh, he's uh, in a bad spot. And Otakawa is searching for him because it's Otakawa's friend. Uh, Kakihana. Kakihana and Otakawa went to high school together. And apparently Kakihana really sort of uh, peaked early in life and is now as a part-time janitor not that part-time janitorial work is beyond or beneath anything but just that he apparently started to really doubt himself or he cares too much about 
status symbols or weighing people's worth or creating a league with which to weight people. And he's also real. I mean, he becomes very obsessed with proving his his wealth and his status in order to prove himself worthy to this pop star girl who just ultimately betrays him. He has no idea that she's a pop star, by the way. Also, he stresses me the fuck out, dude. He's such a big dumb dumb. I do like when Odakawa is like, you'll excuse me if I don't take your advice, given, you know, you. <laughs> yeah. Odakawa is asking this because he's fallen in love, sort of, vaguely. Yeah, no, he's in love with, uh, what, what's her name? Shirakawa? Yes, the, the alpaca girl. The nurse that is stealing money. Stealing money, sorry. Stealing meds from Goriki the Gorilla's clinic that she works at. So Dobu can sell them to pay off her student loan debt, which I feel like just gave Eric inspiration. Relatable! It's a trap. And Joe Biden isn't on our side, and I'm upset about it. And I mean, eat the rich and whatnot. So, you know, I, I got strong opinions on this this topic for uh, some reasons. So, eat the rich, but save Dolly Parton. <laughs> Dolly Parton is the singular exception. So, we have a uh, girl that's interested in him, and they go on like this cute day, but she's not actually interested in him instead she's just trying to get close to him so that uh dobu can use his taxi and him as getaway drivers for when he robs a bank still trying to get enough money to impress his boss you know if it's impressing i think you just have to like pull your weight when you're in the mob like if you're not bringing in money what's the point of you being here i mean that's fair um so we have a, uh, I think, a good list of the characters. Uh, now, how would we like to go about kind of expanding this world? Um, I feel like we've covered the pop stars. We've covered the uh, mob. We've covered his kind of personal life. Oh, you missed. We missed. Who shoots a gun in the sky? Okay. So do you want to go that way? Is that the one you were about to talk about? No, I was going to talk about the hippo in his online salon. Okay, yeah, we'll go ahead and do that one. The the actual uh, character from the first episode, right? Yeah, 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 he's in the first mm -hmm. episode. Yeah. Where he is a college student, but he's really struggling with trying to, like, find his place in life, what he's going to be doing after college, trying to, um, you know, we all go through this. And he's constantly seeking others' approval, and he just wants to be internet famous. Who can't relate relate to that? Everyone can relate to that, right? We all want to be internet famous until we're I don't, famous. And I then... actually don't want to be internet famous. Why? I, I I Metzger tricked me. How did I end up here? Who am I? I blacked out, and I I'm in front of a mic. Why is the small top cocktail in my hand? I'm always ready to go. I don't know, but I better throw it. <laughs> That's my life motto. So, yeah. So, coincidentally, while while trying to gain online recognition, he takes a selfie with Otakawa in the cab and catches a glimpse of Dobu in it, which 
gives him a little spike of dopamine and he decides that he's a god now and that he's going to catch dobu and bring him to justice and has been using that to gain followers and to accrue money and get laid actually like this guy with no personality is is getting laid because he's talking about bringing a mobster to justice he's actually a huge coward and dobu <laughs> dobu he's forces very him to terrible yeah he's, he's terrified he's terrible he's he's all about that online presence and that that bravado and also the money. He's like, <laughs> Let's not forget the wonderful lines where he's like, you can be part of our army and also subscribe. Pay pay this crazy, inordinate amount of money. $100, right? Yeah, it's, it's right about $100. But then the second that, like, Otakawa goes to his school, they're like, oh, yeah, everybody knows he's just a big old coward. He someone found out what school he goes to, and now he doesn't come to college anymore. But he bought a really nice apartment. She stabs knives into not knife knives into the wall, and you know, pretending that it's Dobu. The picture of Dobu there. Uh, we also didn't talk about the duality of the Diamond Twins. The two, the dirty, the dirty cop. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we got dirty cop and dumb cop. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Dirty cop, dumb cop. Favorite pair. That's a good one. He likes to, dumb cop just wants to stop evil. Always must stop evil. And then he's like, but your brother's evil. And he's like, my brother would never be evil. We we are bonded. We know each other. I feel like you would identify with Dumb Diamond, though, and his just, like, very strict moral guidelines. Like, you, there's no gray in how the universe works for, Di- for Dumb Diamond. It's younger. I don't know. Now I'm starting to see a bit more gray. Yeah, I still do like... The- I still do like the moments of like like hardness though. I'm I'm all about those like nope, this is a hard no for me or a hard yes. Absolutely, we throw the Molotov. I mean, it wasn't about hard no or hard yes. It was just about like moral clarity, understanding that the motives of the people around you are very complex and are not simply driven by the nature of good and evil. Sometimes, hey, one time I listened to this. Malice. One of this. Oh fuck! I used to be all about perceived malice. Uh, one time I listened to this comedian. He was talking about how, like, sometimes uh, there there was these people brought a child into a movie theater. Of course, the child starts crying in the movie theater, and then the guy got one of the people who worked at the movie theater and was like, "Hey, kick them out!" And the comedian's listening to this the whole time eating popcorn, and then the the guy walked over talked to the people and then like laughed a little bit came back to the guy and was like what what happened they're they're still here and the guy just shrugged and goes sometimes people suck 
And so now sometimes I'm just like, meh, sometimes people suck. Good of you. I'm proud. Because a lot of times someone will come to me at, at work and be blah, 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 blah. And I'm just kind of like, que sera, sera, dude. Like, I can't change. I can't change people. Like uh, For a they're... second, I didn't recognize that. And I was like, what about sriracha? <laughs> Japanese bonanjo. <laughs> bonanjo. Shawarma. So <laughs> Eric always sits down hungry for the podcast, apparently. <laughs> Eric I do. is hungry for podcasts. I'm back on my diet and it's it's you know going its usual level. Metzger's experienced diet, Eric before. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, it's it's hard. Hey Eric, distraction. Skull mask killer. Okay, let's get to him. Okay. This guy's like, oh man, erasers. And this is my only way to social hierarchies because I'm not attractive. I'm not buff. I'm not, you know, a social media presence or like uh, he's never any of the things you that are classically popular. Clarify that this is his early developmental years in elementary school. So he's a little kid and he's like, man, my only way to becoming anything more is with these erasers that everyone's obsessed with. So then but first, my dad bought me a bird. <laughs> so into this bird. OK, so then he's like. Man, I just really need to get this guy's got this eraser, but I got this rare dodo bird eraser. And then there's the rarest eraser, which is this weird little monkey. And so we gotta we we gotta get that one. And it's on fantasy eBay and it's on there, and we just gotta bid for it. And so he steals his dad's credit card, bids for it. Uh-oh, someone outbid him. Bid more. My, 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 my. His dad catches him on the computer but doesn't catch what he's doing. My, my, we shall bid more. His brother catches him. Oh. So, ultimately, he ends up buying this thing and spending way too much money off of his dad's credit card, which his dad instantly discovers when he's paying bills. Show up. It doesn't even, the eraser doesn't even come. His dad's abusive to him. And then, like, later on in life, he discovers this app game. And what's on the app game? The One of the rarest things is Dodo Birds. This is an echo back to his past. So he's like, got to get this dodo, but oh, I got to spend money on it. So he's literally just working, not sleeping, spending money on this app, doing all the things for it. And it's not going great. He becomes obsessed with it. And then our main guy, Otakawa, comes spinning around in kind of a, a rough moment. And he's he's being Me held at gunpoint. Yeah. Oh, that was what it was. I thought he was held at gunpoint during that scene. No, he's he's zipping through. and. What happens? The guy gets the dodo. Finally, the speeding taxi comes by. He eats shit. And what happens to his phone? It cracks. It falls. It breaks. It goes into the nearby drain, submerged in water and is destroyed. Unrecoverable. The guy who spent his whole whole focus of his existence on this game, so much money, so much time, all lost in this single moment caused by Otakawa. So he goes insane, buries his, his, what is this the bird that he buries? So when he gets home, his bird is dead. All just to add on to the pain. Now and, I want to clarify, cause it was a big moment for me. The bird did die of old age. 
Yeah, it, it had been alive for what, like 15 Six, years or something? 16 years. The average lifespan was 15, and this thing lived to be 16. Which so, is good. So despite, I, so despite the fact that like when you're seeing him at work, his desk is a mess. He yells at his coworkers. It looks like he, like he's fully gripped by addiction. He did still take care of this bird. He did love this bird whole bunch. This bird was well taken. Animal abuse is not present outside of anthropomorphic animal ass kicking, which there's plenty of. Um, so he goes on this big fun, well, this, this adventure where he gets a gun and he goes crazy and is walking the streets for days and having a weird time of it all the while hunting Otakawa. A couple of times, you know, just kind of here and there enough to take some shots, break some windows, shoot through his apartment. You know, as you do. He's he's hunting him, and this is all just like mind games. Shoot his car, shoot into his apartment. He was hunting him down. Thought that he was. I mean, he knew he was at the one place, uh, the the fancy restaurant. And so we we have this guy who is this agent, uh, Joker like villain, an agent of chaos, tracking and hunting down Otakawa. And that's kind of where everything's currently at. We have some small side stories going on with like these comedians known as the Homo sapiens, which is funny in its own sense. But we hope you still love us. We hope you'll join us again next time. Uh, Mesker, you got any closing thoughts? I am empty. We're all empty and we're all broken and we're all just here as a family looking for a good time on this, your anime tour bus. Uh, we hope you'll join next time. Um, and if you do bring your comfy pants that you've hemmed up to, to feel like shorts, because I know I will. And on that note, bye. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs>